Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the world. It's a joy to be talking to you on Monday, August 22nd, 2022. I'm still over in Scotland. Missing Jersey bad. But guess who showed up? Guess who showed up in Scotland? The one and only Mike P. Decided to make a trip out of it. Hadn't been to Edinburgh before. Said, I'll come over. Wanted to check it out. Brought the family. Our families hung out a whole bunch of days. It was great. And uh, he and I found some time to sit down. And we figured we'd, we'd take this opportunity. It's very rare, um, you know, to leave the country. Let alone to have another member of the crew join up with you when you're there. We said, let's join up and get some Jersey thoughts out about Edinburgh. So um, you're going to hear the back half of this episode is roughly a half hour of he and I sitting right near Bristow Square in Edinburgh, talking about our impressions of the city, of the people, the way things operate there in relation to New Jersey, to their Jerseyness, to our comfort level, to the resemblance of Jersey, to any cultural analogs we saw between We were at in Jersey, and a very special thing happened along the way. Um, I'm in town in Edinburgh for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I'm going to say that my run of shows is going uh, very up and down. But one of the good things about this festival is you meet other artists from all over the world, and you realize in America we have such a huge entertainment industry that I know other American comedians, but... There's other countries and they have their own industries that operate by different rules. And there's people who are, who are very notable in other areas of the world. Now, one comedian who I'm a huge fan of is David O'Doherty. Um, he's the first Irish comedian who ever had a Comedy Central Presents Half Hour, which is awesome. And we have a ton of mutual friends. I first met him in 2016 when I first did this festival because he's friends with a bunch of New York people. I know Eugene Merman. And, and a whole bunch of other people. And we sat down, got along great. I get a huge kick out of him, out of his act. I love the way he rolls. And I tell you, I hadn't hung out with him at this festival. We'd seen each other once in passing. He's like, we got to make it happen. Mike D and I are sitting there. And who rolls up but the one and only DOD, David O'Doherty himself. And you're going to hear, here's how classy this dude is. Not only does he immediately get the concept of this podcast in progress, he also has an innate understanding of what we mean when we say that we're thinking about Jersey. He's able to break down Scotland. And again, he's Irish. He's not Scottish. He's able to break down Scotland in a way that explains the the cultural analogy to Jersey within Scotland. And he breaks it all with down with class and style. And what a weird thing, you know, like there, did I ever think that New Jersey is the world would feature a guest appearance from my favorite Irish comedian, David O'Doherty? And I did not, but I'm glad that it got to happen. Um, it's a little short, so we don't want to shortchange you guys. Although I think you'll like hearing what it sounds like to be at this insane festival where everybody's trying to hustle and get you to come to their shows and convince you to take their flyer. And then the, the running from David to use wrestling parlance, the running from David. Very, very charming. Uh, but I didn't want to shortchange it. So here's what I did. I, I looked up uh, some of those How Jersey Are You quizzes. And I'm going to take one to start the episode just to just to challenge myself, hopefully to amuse you. 
And a bunch of them are so easy. A bunch of them, like, you would just know all the answers if you just literally, like, watch Sopranos and listen to two Springsteen albums. Um, but I found a very hard one. I did a cursory scan. I didn't look anything up, but I said, geez, this is difficult. So we're going to see how I do. I mean, I run a podcast about New Jersey. So I'm at one called netstate.com slash states slash quiz slash nj underscore quiz dot htm. And it has 10 questions. And these questions are hard. Uh, for example, question number one, out of the gate, their first question is, what is the official state insect of New Jersey? Is it the monarch butterfly, the honeybee, or the ladybug? I think it's the honeybee. I'm already question one, not certain. And I hate that because I'm supposed to be all about Jersey. Okay, that was correct. I got the honeybee. That's correct. What is the highest point in New Jersey? Mount Frisell, Campbell Hill, or High Point? Uh, everybody knows that one's High Point. Okay, two for two. Okay, they go from what is the state insect and what's the highest point to what's the capital city of New Jersey, making it very easy. That's B. Now this next one. What? The field of the New Jersey state flag is buff colored. Who decided on this color? The options are Continental War Officers, Molly Pitcher, or Aaron Burr. I don't think it was Molly Pitcher because there's a lot of theories that she wasn't even real. So... Eliminate that. I don't see why Aaron Burr would have decided the color of our state flag. He killed people in New Jersey, but I, I don't even know that he lived here. Although he went to Princeton, right? When he, right? I've watched Hamilton. The Continental War Officers or Aaron Burr? I'm going to say Continental War Officers. Oh, I got it right. Look at that. Andrea Quinn also just texted me. An insane question. Did I live in the same building with Cannibal Cop? I don't even, I can't even, I don't know what that is. Let me write that back. I, I don't know what that is. This, the, 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 would it be, the things all the New Jersey is the world people are texting each other. You'd be amazed at how bizarre they get. Okay, this next question. On whose 1851 painting, Washington crossing the Delaware, is the design of the New Jersey State Quarter based? Okay, who painted Washington crossing the Delaware? Is it Emmanuel Gottlieb Lutz, Jean-Auguste Dominique Ingres, or John Lafarge? I don't know. I like the name John Lafarge best, so I'm going to pick that. Incorrect. They don't tell you? Okay. What United States president was born in Caldwell, New Jersey? Look, I'm an Essex County guy. I know that's Grover Cleveland. Get out of here with that. What state borders New Jersey on the north? New York, Delaware, Maryland. Get out of here. Get out of here. That's New York. Okay. Which... Who was one of the two men who received a royal charter for the colony of New Jersey? William Penn, Adrian Block, or Sir George Carteret? Oof. I think it's 
Uh, it feels like it's probably William Penn, but my gut is telling me Carteret. Uh, yes, Carteret. Nailed it. Andreas followed up and said, Didn't you once live in a building who was shopping around for a person to willingly be cannibalized? I don't... I'm going to write her back. I don't think so. I mean, this is the type of stuff we're all texting each other all the time. This insanity. Okay, in what year did New Jersey ratify the U.S. Constitution? 76, 89, or 87? Oh, God. I mean, it wasn't 76, because we were fighting the war then. Then we had the whole Articles of Confederation mishap. I'm going to say 89? No. Must be 87. Okay, question 10. New Jersey is the fourth smallest state in area. Which of these states is larger than New Jersey? Connecticut, New Hampshire, or Rhode Island? I'm going to say Connecticut. No. I didn't do great on this quiz, everybody. That's 7 out of 10. New Hampshire. New Hampshire is larger than New Jersey? That feels like a bunch of bullshit. Feels like a bunch of bullshit to me. Anyway, that test was hard. Andrea's texting me some weird stuff about cannibals. And I don't think I'm... I do have, I have so many stories that I'm the type of person who will forget that I once knew a cannibal. But yeah, that one's not me. Anyway, everybody, I know this was a little bit of a weird one. Clearly me filling time, but hopefully filling time in a somewhat entertaining way. Maybe you're out there and you got 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 as I read those questions out loud. And you can now flex forever and say that you're more Jersey than I am. In the meantime, enjoy this look at what happens when two Jersey guys meet up in Edinburgh, Scotland during an insane festival and run into an Irish comedian who can break down some Jersey stuff for them. Okay. So me and Mike D, we're here in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Ross. you adorable. Thank <laughs> oh, you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Can I intrigue you? It's a variety show from French Bake Out where you actually get to eat freshly made from the oven, French made bread, which is delicious. It's like dance, there's acrobats, there's storytelling, he's making bread on stage throughout the entire performance for us. And at the end, we get to eat it. That okay. sounds amazing. So if All you're right. available at four o'clock, it's in the box, which is just going away there. Okay, so have fantastic. Day, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So that was not staged, everybody. We're sitting in an area called Bristow Square, which is kind of like a, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival takes over a large portion of the city, but Bristow Square is where uh, Gilded Balloon, Underbelly, Assembly, and Pleasance all meet. And those are for the big venues. And, and, and when I say venues, I mean like each of those has like 10 venues around Bristow Square. So everybody's out here flyering and plugging shows, and somebody just pitched us a show about a guy who um, bakes bread and does interpretive dance on stage and then you eat the bread. And just to be fair, the flyer she handed us has a very good looking man who appears to be dressed like Jesus on the cross, except his cross is made of fresh baguettes. Yeah, and his crown of thorns is made of tinfoil. Intriguing show, very on brand for the type of weird stuff that happens all over this festival. But since we're both here, I'm performing uh, my family is out here and joined in. And Mike, you brought your family out to see Scotland and attend some shows along the way. We figured we'd do an on-the-ground report of what happens when you get two New Jersey is the world uh, reporters on the ground in Edinburgh. Um, Mike, I'm going to say I don't think Edinburgh, Scotland is a very Jersey-ish place. 
No, it doesn't feel Jersey-ish at all to me. I would say one, everyone that I've come into contact with so far has been unfailingly helpful and polite without you having to turn the screws. Whereas if you want people to be polite in New Jersey, they definitely, it takes a little work to get them to do that. And the buildings are very uh, nice. Like there's not a section of Edinburgh where you feel like you're driving down the turnpike next to Lyndhurst and all of a sudden you're just staring into a refinery, you know, like... Your GPS never takes you, like going to the airport, you never have to make a turn onto Freeling Highs and Avenue. Like everything is beautiful. I haven't, I haven't seen a block in this city that doesn't look like ancient and elegant and where the architecture all looks very well thought out. So that's not very Jersey at all. No, and walking around, everything is very old and you just basically feel like you're walking between Harry Potter and Charles Dickens. You know, take your pick of what you're, you're seeing that day. But you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any factories. Even the right now we're looking at a, a food cart. Even the food cart is like much nicer than the ones that you would find in New Jersey. Now I'll tell you, this is my second time that I've done the fringe here in Edinburgh. And what you do is you stay for the entire month of August. I am getting the sense that Glasgow is the Jersey of Scotland. That Edinburgh is more of the New York or the Philly, like the metropolitan area, and Glasgow is a little rougher around the edges, a little bit more. You know, there's a lot of jokes that fly around about, oh, Glasgow people, when they come to your shows, they're going to be drunk, they're going to be heckling. They might have to physically remove them from the shows because they might all be, like, yelling and show up drunk together. I sit there, I go, that sounds like home to me. That sounds like my Jersey people, these, these ruffians who kind of don't know how to behave. Uh, and everybody I've met from Glasgow in the whole years that I've done it, I feel a little more relaxed around them instinctively. And I kind of feel like Glasgow might be the New Jersey of Scotland, and I mean that in all the complimentary ways. I might have a slight bit of insight on that. So when we were we were flying in from, from Newark Airport, and we were literally about to land in Edinburgh at the airport. We were literally on approach, and, and like the, the telemetry on the plane was like, one minute, the, the flight attendants were strapped in, all of a sudden our plane pulled out of the landing pattern, and like 30 seconds later, the, the, air, the pilot is like, well, it's way too foggy here. There's zero visibility. We're not allowed to make this landing. We're going to divert to Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow, I'm sorry. Don't make fun of my Scottish pronunciation. And there was a miniature riot when people heard that we were going there. They were not happy. They, that was not where they wanted to end up that day. So they were like, oh, I can't believe of all the places we're going, this is where we're going to land now. I can't tell you much about Aberdeen. I can't tell you much about Inverness or any other place in Scotland, but I can tell you the way that Edinburgh people make fun of Glasgow reminds me a lot of how New Jersey is, is made fun of in the States. A very similar tone of there's a little bit of aspersion there. There's a little bit of classism there. There's a little bit of like, oh, that's where the uh, that's that's where the unruly people are. So the lads are. Yeah. So every time someone makes fun of Glasgow, they have no idea that in my mind, I'm judging them and coming to like Glasgow more. I feel like I should go perform in Glasgow at some point and test this theory. Maybe this is your chance to nip up there, nip up the Scottish Turnpike, if that exists. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you clear Edinburgh, you start to see the, the factories, right? It goes from sheep and highland cattle to, like, factories shooting fire, and then you roll into Glasgow. Now, Mike, I just, uh, on, on the last episode of Jersey Dude Reviews Jersey Food, where we talked about secret pizza in L.A., I did mention the idea of, like, are there, are there food items in the world that... 
jacket potato in Scotland at the New Jersey Food Vibe. You just witnessed your first. I ate a jacket potato moments ago, as did your wife and your daughter. So you just saw what I meant. Do you think what I was saying is off base, or do you see what I'm going for there? I, honestly, I can picture a jacket potato being something that you order in a in an old bar in Jersey City, like the kind of bar my grandfather used to own like 60 years ago. Like literally, you would get your you know you get your Miller Lite, and I'll oh, give me a jacket potato, and they push it over the bar in a little cardboard tub with a with a little tiny wooden fork. You know, that's definite. I mean, it's potatoes baked beans and cheese just filling like a little cardboard bucket that's a super boardwalk food too it could be it really feels like a boardwalk food like a jimmy buffs like a deep fried nonsense it uh it, it really and when you say this like container is filled when you begin eating you can't even really see evidence of a potato in there you're just seeing a giant pool of beans and cheese you have to dig down even to get to the potato like the potato which it's named after is kind of an excuse to just eat a big pile of trash it, almost in the same way that an Italian hot dog that you would find at a Dickie D's or a J- Jimmy West. You can't even really see the hot dog when you start no. eating. It's under the pile of potatoes it's and peppers and onions. Mostly toppings. Yeah, it felt like a, a spiritual... I'm not going to say like a descendant, but I'm going to say like a second cousin. I'm going to say a jacket potato feels like a second cousin to an Italian hot dog in that way. I think it's like a, yeah, definitely like a, a once-removed relation to like a Jimmy Buff, no question. Yeah. yeah. And it does make me like Scottish people, and it does make me feel like there's a a certain wing of Edinburgh, because they're very popular. You see them all over Edinburgh. You see little shops, and they're like late at night. This city does shut down a little early for my liking. You can't really get food here after like 9, 10 o'clock, but you will see fish and chip shops, and you will see jacket potato options available. And it makes me realize, okay, there is some subcurrent of people here that are kind of living on the fringe, eating these jacket potatoes. And uh, those are our types of people. I think, I don't know, I feel pretty at home here right away, actually, especially in the fringe festival part of the city. Like, I mean, they're the same kind of weirdos that we hang out with at home. And there is a woman in it. Danny DeVito t-shirt, which I highly approve of, which is pretty pretty Jersey. That's kind of amazing. And that's actually seems to be like an embroidered shirt. This is not some like cheap boardwalk knockoff, actually. You know, this is, you know. Repping Jersey. Walking around, repping Danny DeVito in Scotland. I'm going to like you right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. What's up? How are you, David? I don't want to disturb this. Oh, not at all. This is my friend Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, nice Mike. to meet you. I'm David O'Doherty. Hello, everyone. I'm David O'Doherty. David O'Doherty's one of the funniest people I've, I've met. Take compliments. I'm Irish. I can't take compliments. We're, we <laughs> do a criticism. Pod- we do a podcast about New Jersey together. Oh, wow. So we're, I figured I was, since we were both in Scotland, we should compare Scotland and New Jersey. My theory is Edinburgh is like not at all like New Jersey, but that Glasgow is kind of the New Jersey of Scotland. Like, that's where the ruffians hang out, and people are kind of like, those people are rough around the edges. Well, except that, I mean, I sound like some asshole who's just woke up and is now part of the podcast, but uh, Edinburgh's two cities, so Edinburgh is Edinburgh, and then Edinburgh's Leith, uh-huh. that have grown into each other. So Leith is the docks and the traditional working-class area. That's so I think that's here in New Jersey. And then there's a really funny thing where on Leith Walk, which is the long... At the top of Leith Walk is a pub that uh, has two entrances, one into Edinburgh and one into Leith. Because of the old docker rules, the Leith pubs could stay open an hour later than the Edinburgh. 
camera pubs. So they would shot one exit from the pub and people knew to walk around to the other exit. I'm so happy you just walked up and joined <laughs> right, us. Right, this now, gave now, us so much. So, now so, you've just solved the problem. So Leith is the, glad, is, the, is the New Jersey of Edinburgh. So what's Glasgow then? Because Glasgow people, I remember last time I did it, there were more Glasgow people around the festival. And they were, they would show up to the shows kind of drunk more, loud more. Yeah. And I liked them. Is that more like the Philadelphia? Yeah, maybe like Pittsburgh or something. But the the thing that um, Glasgow has had is like because it, it was a steel worker city with this giant sort of sectarian Protestants v Catholic thing. You know, like Glasgow Celtic and football and all of that. Yeah. But it's kind of reimagined itself. It's amazing. You know, there's a sort of art birth rebirth there. I think it's because rents are cheap. So a lot of the coolest people I know moved to Glasgow where you can still get like a, one of those beautiful four bedroom tenement apartments for like yeah. not that much. People like in comedy Josie Long moved there and you know Franz Ferdinand and these kind of bands that have been coming out of there for a long time the whole Bell and Sebastian thing and all those cool Scottish bands of the 2000s and yeah I think the sort of re-hipness which is actually to do with cheap rent you know that seems to be one of the things that helps the arts as much as anything yeah, yeah. is uh, why yeah Glasgow is cool Edinburgh is the old money part of Scotland you yeah. know hence you know all these buildings you can just tell by the by the smell fancy. of them fancy it's, right it's, yeah like it's so interesting just because, like I always think about it in terms of like the Enlightenment in the in the 18th century, so much of that starts here. Because like you know Adam Smith, the first the first economist, basically is from here. I used to work at the Economist, so I'm very familiar. With yeah, <laughs> and then like, like David Hume is like the first empiricist in philosophy, and like these were all. So this was the city was all tenements and it was all crumbling to bits. All of this, I think, because it was so far from London. You know, David Hume. You know, someone called the first atheist, and you know, he basically would have been arrested if he'd been saying that stuff in London then. So, yeah, it's it's a kind of a wild city from that point of view. But it's quite a money city. But then Leith, as part beside Edinburgh, is quite different. Now, maybe you can tell me. When I played Ireland years ago, they loved me right out of the gate. Very kind to me. Both <laughs> the crowds and the comics. Scotland. I can feel when the crowds are more Scottish, they like. When it's more English, they really make you work for it. What's really? Yeah, is I'm, that is that on me? Is that in my head? Is that just me wanting to not like the English audience? I mean, most things are in our heads, Chris. Come on. The uh, yeah, that's true. The, yeah, this is part of the New Jersey in me, though, that I always have this chip on my shoulder, and I yeah. always have to look for the. Fight. Well, well, I have that. Yeah, I, you have that as an Irish person as well, all the time. And uh, I mean, there's certainly a phenomenon at this festival. Like last night, I got. A, I mean, this sounds like uh, uh, bragging, but I got a good review, but in a very lame newspaper. Yeah. And so consequently, a load of 62-year-old couples in matching Gore-Tex raincoats came, and they're like, oh, we have this. This is, this is a funny man. And they sit there, and I think they had a perfectly nice time, but unfortunately, they weren't able to get that across to me yeah. at all. So that's your classic polite uh, English vibe. Whereas I think the sort of more raucous thing is more, but that's also you build your own crowd, you know, over time. Like, it's I, true. I, dude, you're lucky I, with you've been you you have been doing this festival for a long time. Yeah, I'm I, very I, jealous. I did this in 1999 for the first time, and so I, I spent nearly because this festival is a month long. I spent nearly two years of my effing life Whoa. in this town, yeah. walking around these cobblestones. For the first ten, trying to hand people flyers and all of that, <laughs> and uh, for the last ten trying to not 
do a shit show. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Well, you're a very funny man, and hey. one of one of the uh, one of the acts I can wholeheartedly recommend to anyone who might be hearing this. <laughs> you gotta go check out Dod David O'Doherty, a truly kind and funny, a truly kind and funny gent. Mean on a keyboard and uh, gets you laughing. This is sensational, you guys. It's been a delight to be on the podcast, and now I have to go and do a wee. Go for it. It was good to meet you. What a joy. Lovely to see you. So, Leith, so we got the insider information. And it is true. It is everyone. With two doors. I just want to be clear, too. David O'Doherty is legitimately one of the best people who does this fringe every year. So, I I want to be clear. I wasn't just saying that to him. If if that wasn't true, I'd be thrown under the bus right now. You guys know that. I'd be be saying, ignore what I said. He's trash. He's garbage. No, he's great. Check him out. The coolest thing how this Edinburgh's not like New Jersey is like you and I were sitting in this like super nice like but not like fancy part of town you and I were just on a bench hanging out and that's the second interesting person that has come up in just the like 20 minutes that we've yeah. been recording yeah. this and now he came up and gave us like a basically a history of like yeah. Ireland, Scotland and England now and- I'm staying down near Leap I'm staying on the other side of Leap and guys yeah. sorry no. I just I, I didn't make it to the week but I thought of something very important yeah sure so the most famous so Leap talking about the two cities that have sort of grown into one but have these very distinct identities so Hibs Hibernian are the famous football team from Leith but the famous band from Leith are the Proclaimers who sing 500 miles but one of the most beautiful things you can hear and you've got to listen to it is the Hibs fans their club song is a Proclaimers song called Sunshine on Leith that is the saddest, you know the way sports teams normally have an upbeat song it's a slow jam about your heart being broken and whenever they win the whole like 30,000 people all sing it, so That's please, very New let's find yes. the audio for that yes, unless, yes. Pop, okay there you go I'm going, right in. going for please, a wee now yeah, go, go. Go. I may come back if I think of more please, cool yes. leech this is, this is absolutely <laughs> invaluable <laughs> That is, to sing a uh, hideously sad song in moments of victory. As a that's, football champ. I mean, that's Bruce Springsteen. That's Jersey. That's Bruce. That's a state that almost made Born to Run their state song before they actually checked out the lyrics and what they were about. <laughs> now, Mike, I also want to talk about uh, an item you and I have both sampled uh, present in each other's presence the past few days. I do think Iron Brew is a drink that feels New Jersey to me. Yes. I'm trying to think of what... It's nothing like YooHoo, but it seems to me like that people here have the same passion for Iron Brew that people in New Jersey have for YooHoo. Something like that. When it comes to drinks. What I like about it is it's kind of like a beloved local national drink that's not great. Like you have to... No, it is not great. It's an acquired taste. I really like drinking it, but it's not inherently likable to the human palate almost in a way that I might argue like a Taylor Ham is like trash it's a trash food but we love it and other people gotta get on board like how are you you gotta get you're gonna get heartburn you're gonna get heartburn eating Taylor Ham it doesn't look good it looks like a substandard breakfast people will defend it to the death I think Iron Brew holds a similar place where the Scottish understand that intellectually this is not a great drink but it grows on you, and they'll defend it with their whole hearts. I mean, I, this is, I had it years ago, and then I literally had one 45 minutes ago when we were eating lunch. But th- I think that's true because if you actually just walk around Edinburgh, 
everyone is drinking it. I, yeah. You see people walking it's around everywhere. with cans. It's not like one of those things where people talk about, like, no, I see people drinking this. Every store sells it. It is definitely seems to be, like, the national drink. And it does appear to be marketed as, like, a like health tonic because there's like an old-fashioned like bodybuilder on it um i don't think it is healthy though maybe i'm wrong well if i remember right because you know i'm a soda fanatic if i remember right it was originally a drink if i remember i remember it was invented to give to uh miners and iron workers instead of booze like everybody was getting too sauced and the productivity was used, and they made it this energy drink so i think it's always been marketed as like a healthy alternative to booze if i remember right now i'll double check that and that would sure make sense correct me if i'm wrong that makes sense but i think it was like hey like booze is making you unable to work i think iron was almost uh, invented as like the adderall of its day i'm like this is actually going to get you all hopped up and increase your productivity but it's absolutely when i see somebody just walking down the street drinking a can of iron brew i know okay, that's not a tourist no, that's a local. Although, you know what? I, this, I just thought of this now. You know what? The Taylor Ham of Scotland has to be haggis. Right. There's right. no two ways about this, I think. Right? Like, this haggis is weird and gross, but beloved. But every place you go has it on the menu, so they must be. We did try some vegetarian haggis. We were both vegetarians, but veggie haggis and egg rolls last night. For two nights in the it mostly tasted like ground up beans but yes. I think that was just the vegan version um, I, I think regular haggis is a lot different but we'll have to find an eater to report it on it but I think right, the idea of a, uh, a meat based dish that's like kind of disturbing to think about but that the locals love that is haggis right? yeah and I think it's also similar to Taylor Ham it's made from like the the meat leavings that right. no one re- like that the butcher Toenails, is not going to be able assholes. to sell yes, yeah yes. Intestines and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, I gotta say, it feels good to have an ally on the ground. I was here for two weeks by myself. I was feeling very overwhelmed. When you guys showed up, I felt instantly like, okay, if I need to uh, have a, if I need to, if I have, if I need an ally in a fight, or if I have some sort of mental collapse, that I know there's somebody here who's gonna be able to pick me up because I know I have some of my Jersey bread. We haven't fought anyone yet, which no, is good. everyone here is so nice. Yeah, so, so nice. nice. But I have a feeling you get them drunk and get them watching soccer. They fast. might be probably. I think there's one thing we have to talk about because now I'm seeing a picture of it right in front of us. We did just see the most insane show, which there is a poster advertising right in front of us. Yeah, we did take our... Uh, your daughter is older but very much responds to cute things and yes. noticed a show called Basil Brush it's a very famous fox puppet in the UK my son who's three and a half it was right on target so we said let's all go see and Mike I gotta tell you I loved that show I loved it. I, I, I was in 45 minutes of absolute joy and glee watching that show it was amazing I'm gonna spoil it for everyone because I assume listeners to New Jersey is the world will not be seeing the Basil Brush live show anytime soon but there was a stretch where a man dresses as Elsa from Frozen, and the bit is that a fox has made him drink a combination of sardines and hot sauce and all sorts of other weird stuff. And so while he's singing Elsa from Frozen, he's just farting. I'm going to say it really loud because there's guys coming by with stuff. Farting. It's, he dresses up as Elsa from Frozen and just farts a lot. 
And it was probably the greatest four minutes of my entire experience here in Edinburgh. It was that bit. Yeah, they... And the funny thing is, like, it's this really cute fox puppet who's actually pretty mean. Which is that... Mean and inappropriate. Yeah. Yep. Off color. And, you know, it's it's a great show. Yeah, you probably won't be... By the time you hear this, you probably won't be able to fly over to Friends to see this. But I do believe they said they were doing a Christmas pantomime in the south of England somewhere. I would say, in a lot of ways, you would think that Basil Brush... They're trying to make him... Hi, how are you? Oh. He's one of the funniest comedians in the country. I'll check him out. He's been performing comedy for over 30 years. Okay. And he normally charges quite a bit for shows, but this year he's decided to give a free show as to give something back to the people. Cool. It's on at 4 o'clock at the Counting House, which is just around there. All right. Or just somewhere else, Google Maps it. Awesome. <laughs> so in this labyrinth, isn't it? Thanks, yeah. yeah. Uh, but as you can see on the back, full of lots of reviews from really well-known cool. comedians. Yeah, great. And... That's a book he published. All right. Thanks. Very cool. Really funny guy. Thank you so much. Okay. See you there. Yeah, all right. Thank you. So I was saying, you know, you're hearing like, oh, an institutional famous puppet. You might be thinking, oh, maybe Basil Brush is like the Kermit of the UK. But I would say having seen his act in many ways, might be closer to the Uncle Floyd of the UK. Ah. Tone and spirit. It exists for kids, but actually it's really kind of raw. And most of the funniest stuff is adults. I would say not not a total perfect analogy, but there's some Uncle Floyd in there. Uncle Floyd is a good one, and I'm sure people can hear right now that some music has started started up right next to us. But what you can't see, obviously, because this is a podcast, is there are now three men in tuxedos doing a choreographed dance where they are filling their mouths with water and spitting the water at each other. Yeah, this place <laughs> is weird. This festival is weird. Mike, I think maybe we should uh, get back to our families, but I'm really happy that we got to meet in this far-flung corner of the earth for yes. a Jersey check-in. I am hel- I am very psyched that we are here in Edinburgh hanging out, so and that we have discovered the New Jersey of Scotland. And everybody, uh, we have to thank our surprise drop-in guest, David O'Doherty. The first. Oh, there's a man with a giant twenty-sided thigh walking down the street. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. We- <laughs> We got to follow that man. David O'Doherty, the first Irish comedian to do a Comedy Central half hour. Hilarious guy. Thank you for filling us in and exposing that Leith is the jersey of Edinburgh. Very, very good to know. We got to find that bar with the Leith entrance, by the way. We sure do. All right. Much love to everybody back home. I can't wait to get back there so my strength will return. Drink that iron brew. Listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Cobb, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Cobb, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. 
Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World.